And welcome back to Point of Sale. Today we're in Las Vegas uh, for the Manifest Conference, visiting a bunch of retailers and supply check, supply check, supply chain investors as well. So I'm super excited for that. Hopefully, going to have some really interesting guests on the show. But you know, here we are, the Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show that breaks down great retailers and the supply chains that move them, and of course, our favorite, the data that helps them make their decisions. Now, as you all know, Point of Sale is not just a wonderful podcast. We are a news. We have a newsletter as well that goes out bi-weekly, um, especially now that we're done with the holidays. I'm trying to uh, fuel your guys' inboxes as much as possible. And if everyone has been reading the newsletter recently, I'm actually working on having a really fun episode for this Valentine's Day. Um, it's all about love. Uh, and of course, I love all of our viewers and I love the uh, feedback that I get from you guys. So um, as you've seen in the newsletter recently, uh, I really want to have this Valentine's Day episode be an opportunity for our audience to come on and really dive into the supply chain issues that they're dealing with on a daily basis. So a real grassroots level type of approach, right? Um, I've got some really interesting feedback already from some different people within the industry, um, between logistics providers to warehouse managers, and, and a lot of, I think, common issues that you guys are dealing with on a daily basis. So uh, we have one more week of that. For the rest of this week, reply back to these newsletters. Let me know what problems you're dealing with. And I will be reaching out to you guys at the end of the week to invite three of you on the show to talk about those problems. And it'll just be a fun kind of four-way discussion on, you know, how the industry could help solve these and maybe some different approaches that people could take on a more operational level to help solve these issues. So that's uh, my way of giving back to you guys for all of the help and growing this community and making it what it is today. So I really appreciate all of that. And to dive into today's episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of automation. And the first place I want to start is someone that we've talked about a lot in newsletters. You're probably Honestly, at this point, sick of me talking about them, but uh, Walmart, right? Walmart has been really invested in their supply chain over the last year or so. And um, they have an interesting partnership that Freight Waves and specifically Modern Shipper got a good chance uh, to dive deeper into, uh, which is Gaddick. Uh, Gaddick is actually a middle mile autonomous vehicle company. So best way to explain that is they're not focused on more of like the, the long haul. You see like companies like Highland or supposedly Tesla um, or too simple that are working on that, you know, long miles on the road type of relay runs. Gaddick is actually focused on more of that middle mile, that warehouse to warehouse move that somewhere between I'd say um, 100 to 200 miles max, even small, shorter miles than that. And more box trucks. So you're looking at kind of like the moving vans that you guys see when you um, are, you know, moving from house to house or um, more of like the rider trucks. And riders actually partnering with Gaddick and supplying them with um, people to help uh, fix these trucks and uh, build these trucks in general. And what's really great is, you know, they're having a really great year. 85 million 
raised this year in a Series B in August from some really great investors, Coke, Dynamo, um, and Trucks VC, which is actually uh, a company I'm hoping to have you uh, on the show in a couple weeks now. They're a really interesting uh, venture firm outside of Detroit uh, that has some really cool views on autonomous vehicles in general. But uh, back to the Modern Shipper article that you guys can find on Freightways.com. Gaddick is really excited for this year because their their uh, Walmart uh, partnership is going great. Um, they've actually had no accidents so far, and they want to really focus on that this upcoming year. Concentrate on efficiency, reliability, sustainability, and safety. Um, and zero accidents so far over the last year, um, I think, is is really proving that their business model is working for them in that area. And you know, there's another interesting trend that we've talked about in the past. This this growing SaaS type of application where companies are not just producing the actual physical robotics or physical trucks for this example. They're actually creating these SaaS platforms. So that's actually something that Gaddick is doing. They're focused on what they call the ADAS, ADAAS platform. Um, it's kind of interesting to try to say by yourself, but uh, it stands for Autonomous Delivery as a Service. Um, so what's cool about this is as they continue to push the uh, boundaries on their partnership, show that this is safe, you're going to be able to take the same technology platform that they put in these trucks and hopefully put them in other vehicles as well. So it's not just about you know building the actual um, physical structure of, of something that's autonomously moving by itself. It's about the programming behind it, the tested programming. Um, and and speaking of tested, you know, you need a, a really great ecosystem in order to pull a lot of these um, developments off. And that's actually why I'm here in Vegas today. I'm actually running a panel tomorrow that's concentrating on regulation um, and development within our space. Um, and to tie it into Gaddick, uh, they this last August, after their uh, Series B raise, they actually joined the Alliance Texas Mobility Innovation Zone. This is a zone in North Texas uh, that is it's basically a purpose-driven development group. It's a testing ecosystem that allows companies like Gaddick um, to come in and use their infrastructure to make sure that their technology is working appropriately. Um, so I'm here um, to, this week to talk about, you know, who should be running that? What is the relationship between our, our government and our infrastructure um, and, and regulation and innovation in general? Um, so what's really cool is I'm actually uh, interviewing in this panel, the Ian who runs the Lions Tex Texas Mobility Innovation Zone. Uh, and he's going to be on the show here in about a month as well. So he'll dive deeper into that for you guys too. Um, but uh, speaking of SaaS level and um, really the deployment of automation within uh within um, warehouses or within supply chain in general. You guys uh, probably remember me going on a really fun tangent about a month ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, on the USB and the importance of, of that technology to computers now. Uh, and it's funny, AK, um, our guest today is AK Schultz. Uh, he's the co-founder and CEO of SBT Robotics. And he was the influence of that speech. Uh, and we had a really great conversation after his company raised $25 million in his Series A in November. And he helped explain to me a lot of issues behind deploying robotics 
in in warehouses and, and in supply chains in general. And it really explained to me how his company is is putting in software that's going to change the way that we're able to deploy this, how quickly we're able to deploy this, and was able to really explain different problems that the industry is seeing today that isn't allowing for these robotic systems to be put into play. Uh, AK, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm happy that we finally got you on the show. Um, and you missed it. I did go on a nice rant about the USB for our audience um, that really dove into the conversation that we talked about as well. So I'm, I'm excited that you're finally on with us today so that we can go over this uh, between you and myself. But Let's dive into the nuts and bolts of this. What are the different mm -hmm. issues and problems that are affecting supply chain today that's really halting the de deployment of robotics? What issues is your company trying to solve? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that it's clear the demand for robotics is increasing, right? And um, it's driven by you know the acceleration of this labor problem we're all experiencing. And the reality is that there's way more demand for implementing robotics than there is capacity. And so I, I did a rough kind of calculation on how many people are in the integration space for robotics in the country. My guess is right around 15,000 professionals, whether they be engineers or, or software engineers or industrial engineers or customer service personnel. Um, but it's it's a relatively small pool of expertise. And if you look at the next three years of demand, there's going to be twice as much demand for robotics over the next three years. But the likelihood of us creating another 15,000 people in this industry to do the work is zero. Right. It's all it's very challenging to yeah. bring that this skill to the market. Um, and so we've set out on this mission to say, how do we enable the current 15,000 people in this industry to do the work of 30, to do the work of 45,000 people? And it really comes down to taking every step of the process and defrictioning it and making it so that when a company decides that they want to change their business, the moment they decide it, then they can have that implemented before the next Christmas season um, and not have to wait one, two years for their idea to become a reality. Yeah, it's it's funny because the automation a lot of times is coming in because even warehouses alone are having a hard time finding employees. So it's it's the same problem, but in a in a different fashion. So it's interesting to to see that everyone is looking for people, but there's just not enough for the demand that's out there. Um, Tell me a little bit about your recent investment and what it's it's been like um, working with your newest investors and, and what are you looking to do with that capital? Um, yeah, so Tiger uh, Tiger Global and uh, Prologis are two of our newest investors and they're amazing to work with. Um, naturally, Tiger is more of a generalist fund, but in uh, Prologis is uh, you know one of the largest builders of industrial real estate globally. Um, having both that generalist view at a large, large scale, as well as uh, a company that is so sophisticated in the domain is just fantastic. That combination is amazing. Um, you know, obviously, um, when you get an infusion of cash like that, it's all about scale. And really, um, you know, I think over the past year, we've really seen a high demand for the product. And um, this enables us to realize the demand that we're seeing. And uh, essentially, as they say, remove gravity as a constant 
uh, gravity being uh, money. So it's uh, um, really <laughs> enabling us to attack all the problems that we really see need to be attacked. I'm really glad that you spoke on the fact that you, the scaling aspect, because, you know, Gardner just recently recognized you for your multi uh, robotics orchestration, which um, I got a chance to write about a little bit in the article about your race. But um, what was interesting to me about the piece by Gardner is that um, this industry that you're in is only like five to 10 percent um, with um, within the market so far growth wise. So it seems to me like this is going to be the perfect time for you to scale. Um, for our audience, can you describe what multi-robotic uh, orchestration is and, and what it's looking to serve within the space? Yeah. So, so more and more, I think what we're going to see in the market is companies are going to adopt multiple technologies that are best in class rather than going with uh, one common provider. Um, and we've seen this in other industries, right? We've seen this um, in the enterprise industry um, where IT departments, because there's this uh, API, um, API first mentality that says, hey, you can have both best in class and easy integration together, right? And this is a kind of a new concept for our industry. Um, so the whole idea between behind multi-robot orchestration, to me, there's two components. Number one, is easy interoperability and number two being able to orchestrate um disparate systems um after you've integrated it right so you want to integrate and orchestrate which means you need to connect and then you need to do do something unique with uh with two technologies that have never been done before and ultimately what this allows for is a company to get what they need and want and create unique outcomes because we know that every customer is different. And so this enables them to embrace the technology that is best for their business rather than choosing one, one technology and um, being, you know, essentially uh, stuck with it for eternity. And, and I think one of the things we're seeing our customers, you know, the flexibility is a massive premium for them. Um, and what, a lot of our customers have said is in the past when they choose automation, a lot of times they're essentially freezing their business in time, right? Once it's bolted to the ground, they can't really change it and they can't make adapt, uh, adaptations and changes to the market. And the market is changing so fast that flexibility is absolutely crucial for companies to survive. And, and this multi-robot orchestration layer enables um, companies to not only increase their efficiency and help with their business challenges, but also remain flexible. Definitely. And I, you know, this last year, I feel like a lot of the focus on investment and supply chain in general has been more like visibility, right? Like, where's my inventory? What's it like? How, how do I get something here quicker? Now, where is that package, right? But this year, I'm really excited to see robotics start to, to be more of a play. It's, I feel like we're barely, I mean, yeah, we're not even done with January. And I see every day Freightway is reporting on some type of new partnership um, within automation. Um, for you, what do you see as an outlook for robotics in general in, in 2022? And what excites you the most? What type of automation are you excited to work with and, and help bring into uh, deploy into the space. Yeah. So, I mean, I think all the, all the numbers are pointing towards 20 to 30% growth year on year in automation. And those numbers are a bit stale. That's almost pre 
pre-COVID effects, right? So it might even be might even be more intense. But the the challenge, of course, is not only do you need to have the demand for robotics, you have to have the industry capacity to execute. And so um, whether or not the industry at this point can realize that 25%-ish uh, demand remains to be seen, but that's certainly our, our mission statement. Um, now, regarding the second part of your question about technology that I'm really interested in, and I think I'm very bullish on, is actually um, robot as a service applications, highly modularized um, robotic systems. A lot of them are mobile platforms that are super simple to deploy. Um, I think these represent, again, once once again, this bias towards flexibility. First of all, the capital outlay is a lot less. Um, the deployment time is much faster. You know, you can have something in place within, within three months. You can also... Um, um, you know, you can pivot on other technologies and they don't, a lot of times they don't require many building mods um, that would constrain it as well. So like this, this whole concept of modular robotics, I think is clearly the future and more and more customers are getting more comfortable with the idea of self-deploying. And I think where we're going to see the real flood is not really at the upper end of the market because the you know the really large retailers they've been automating for for decades now um and before this robotics was really the big company's realm but for me the 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 mid-market is really where this explosion is going to be and especially in the 3pl industry i think um the the explosion of robotics adoption is going to be seen in the 3pl industry because the 3PL industry really needs to to adopt it. It's um, it's an absolute necessity for that market. Definitely, and I completely agree with you because I think what's you start seeing now is is shippers are starting to invest in it directly themselves. So if they're mm-hmm. having to go around their their 3PL or their logistics providers in order to get that done, you know kind of the question like why are we even working with you guys in general so um i completely agree i can't wait for the, i think the next two or three years uh we're gonna look back and and completely um look at the 3pl business model differently than we ever had before so i'm glad you brought that up let's I, let's challenge them a little bit more to to up their services and become a, a more operationally efficient for their shippers um well, no. and, and that being said yeah, go for it. Sorry. Well, that's <laughs> no, operationally, there's a massive shortage of real estate. And so a lot of the automation not only aims to make things more efficient, but you can actually get more storage or warehouse for your, your standard square footage. So that will be the next capacity crunch. In fact, it's here. It's just um, um, how, how, it, how it ripples through the uh, automation industry. Um, I don't think we've really seen that effect, but it's coming. <laughs> you heard it first here, right? The next capacity crunch. You get ready for it. Um, AK, if you you're working with a lot of different companies, if you were to meet with a, a new warehousing operator who says, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to start looking into robotics and seeing how I can automate my warehouse and be more productive, what advice would you give them? What areas would you have them look into first? Start small. Don't boil the ocean. Don't go with massive, massive systems really just attack one problem that's repeatable 
and really get your organization um, chops up on something um, that's that's uh, that's actually doable, right? And a lot of companies they try to go lights out right out of the gate, and usually this ends up in a three-year experiment that usually doesn't end well. So, what I'd say is go with uh, some modular robotic problem, solve a very small problem, build up your team. And as your internal team gets stronger and stronger, you can take on more interesting problems. I love that. Start small, get bigger. Because um, I think a lot of times the small problems, they get resolved. You'll, the, you'll see the bigger problems actually get resolved too. So that's really good advice. Um, what can we expect from your company over the, the rest of the year? I know you guys have SoftBot, which is a big piece of, of what you guys are working on. But um, what are you looking forward to this year for your company? Um, well, Modex, we're going to release some uh, new features and capabilities, which I don't want to spill the beans quite yet on. But uh, <laughs> um, I think we're just upping our game. And what I what I talk about internally is we're 10xing what we've already 10xed. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be exciting. It's for this year is uh, an amazing there's an amazing outlook for SVT this year. And I'm just ex- super excited to be part of the journey. Well, I really appreciate you being a, a part of Freightways as well and, and being a guest on our show and uh, allowing us to learn more about the industry as well. It's, um, you know, I for me personally, our first conversation, you opened my eyes to a lot of the, the issues with just getting this um, type of automation um, deployable and, and in people's hands and the problems that you're seeing. So I'd love to follow up with you even less than a year from now and, and see how that's improving and see how you guys are continuing to grow. And I'm excited to, to see how your leadership continues to uh, grow the company as well. <laughs> Anytime. Happy to do it. Perfect. Thanks, AK. And uh, for everyone, too, in our audience, thank you so much for, for listening to this um, to this interview. You know, I, I was, was hoping to have them on in December, and that's why I wanted to introduce you guys to the, to the problems in robotics, because it's something that I think coming into this new year that we're going to see a lot more information. And I personally want to try to report more on for you guys, um, especially, you know, DHL is a huge one. They're pushing a lot of it within their own um, abilities through Locust Robotics. And so there's so many different companies that I think that we can have on to teach people more about this technology technology and what it's doing because at the end of the day it's not displacing jobs it's really helping us grow and become a a more sustainable supply chain as a whole and um, just remind everyone out there uh, make sure that you are subscribing to this podcast wherever you're listening Uh, make sure that you go to freightwaves.com slash pos and subscribe to our newsletter if you haven't already Um, and of course like i said we have this fun valentine's episode coming up So make sure that you guys are replying to that with any issues or companies that you think are interesting. The best part about the show is, you know, we have the freedom to really get any guests on. And if there's someone out there that, you know, Freightways has a report on or technology that you're using that's just been game changing, let me know about it. I want to hear about it. I want to meet them and I want to get them on the show. Um, So other than that, thank you guys for being a part of the community. Watch out for the newsletter from us later today. Um, I'm excited to bring you some guests from here in Vegas as well and enjoy, you know, the rest of your week and, and keep on shopping.